This has mm. to be a Fourier request, no, right, Chicken I, I have Nick? no idea what this is. No, it's uh, Andy Hart's theme song this week. Oh, really? Oh, it Why? is. Haircut, Did he request this? Haircut Hart is with us on the Harbor One hotline. He tweeted out earlier that he got a haircut. Then again, I don't know if I've seen him without a hat. Hart, good afternoon. It's a visor. It's not a hat. I'm oh, a visor guy. Who, who gets a haircut and then puts a visor on? Like Hardos. Show off your haircut. Because Hardos would be like, oh, it's a visor, not a hat, first of all. Well, there's a difference. I know, but come on. Most people think a visor is douchier. <laughs> is, 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 well, that the, is that the way it works? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, is that Why is the visor? I, I would say the visor is more acceptable like in most like you know outdoor settings as opposed no. to a regular baseball hat. No, most people seem to think, unless you're on the golf course, it seems accepted in golf that a visor is appropriate. Uh, okay. Most people think the the pecking order of douchiness is regular hat, yeah. hat backwards, mm-hmm. and okay. then visor <laughs> is the douchiest of them all. And, and then you I, turn the visor backwards really? and all hell breaks Yeah, loose. and I would dare say that some people react more viscerally to the backwards hat than the visor. Especially yeah, well, if you're older, because I will, like, if I... If I don't do anything, I'll throw on a backwards hat and, like, go to the store. And you could feel people looking at you. It's like the whole, oh, what do you got a backwards hat on for? What are you, 50 years old? Well, like, what, about the, what about the backwards visor with the cigarette slash cigar in, like, the side of it hanging out? What about that? Where's the, where's the douche level on that one? That's uh, Mach 3. That's a spring break. That's like a spring break, Lake Havasu boating outing type of look that I see a lot of frat boys using. Oh, yeah. the, see, that's why yeah, they, that's good. why I see the, the that's what it is about the visor. It reminds me of like a like a bunch of frat boys who are like trying way too hard to get so, noticed. So you do think it's douchey? I, but I love visors because I just feel like they're for me they're just a little bit more practical, especially if you have a lot of hair like in the summer when the when the fro gets going. I like to or do the whole like sideshow bob thing. Mine is purely out of function it is i have a big head <laughs> most hats don't work i need to put the you know the top you don't down get so fitted hats at all do you no fitted no. hats for you i got right. a great somebody just gave me a great bucket hat and i was like oh i can wear that on the boat this summer and i went to put it on and it just like sits on top of my head and i tried to pull it down and it, it, I got it to come down, uh, and then my head started hurting immediately. Yeah. The pressure it was putting on my skull. I thought that uh, size eight would work because I'm an eight and an eighth. Like I have to order fitted hats, and sometimes even then it's a little snug. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I probably should go, but then the fitted hats—they're all so big, and I have a big forehead as it is. And then if you put the big foot oh. fitted hat on top, now it's like this massive billboard of. It's an issue. I probably shouldn't wear hats at all, but I like wearing hats. That's why visors is my my bridge. Well, I, you listen. Go. You've always you have always dressed like Bill Belichick, so uh, it's okay. Like you man. own it. Yeah, kind of. I, mean, I actually was told that the other day by my son. He's like, "Why do you dress like a homeless man? You never match. You're always wearing like a baggy hoodie and wind pants." And oh, yeah. I said. Because my given F meter is on zero, and very few things make it move. Oh, and you, you work missed, in radio. You missed an opportunity yeah. to do the whole thing to the kid as well. If I didn't have to pay for all your stuff, <laughs> I'd be able to upgrade mine. That's true. They just left for dicks. That's probably going to be a $300 bill for me. <laughs> Love my friends at dicks. But they're out though. of school. That's no, what happens when you're out of just school. the way you said it. They, well, they it left. is. Like, you just see it going out, and you see, like, or this whole DoorDash era where you're like, you see a car pull in and a guy get out with a bag and you're like, 
there's a hundred bucks I'm never getting back. It's like, what happened to the old days where you made yourself a damn peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Now everybody's door dashing, getting it from who knows where for how no, who knows how much. I banned door dash in my family. Oh, in the man. house. We're no longer door, a door dash family. The, the bills and the amount, the, the extra between the door dash fee, like the, the cost of the food, uh, the driver fee, and then the tip for the driver. All yeah, of it, like you could buy the same meal twice. You just went and picked it up on your own. Did you give your kids credit cards? I made that mistake. Somebody told me it's a good way for kids to build credit, like to give them a credit card because it, like I, had, no. I attached them to mine. And no. now I'm seeing the credit card. What does card a ten year old need credit for? What are they going to buy? I'm like, no, no, no food or emergencies. Well, that yeah, it's more the emergency thing. Look, yeah, but what's an emergency? No, emergency that's is the, in the thing. Eye of the like, beholder. I remember uh, when my oldest was like uh, 15 or 16. My wife was like, the whole, well, we got to get him a credit card, yeah. and I'm like, no, we don't. And it was like, well, here's why we're doing it. And then two years later, I just went, see? She said, shut up! Yep, that's Because where it we are. just runs amok. Yeah, because you look at the bill and you're like, it's not that the huge charges, although there's a couple restaurants and it's like, whoa, 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 why are you going out to eat and spending 140 bucks with a couple of your boys? Yeah, no. But it's like all the convenience stores, $5, $8, $12, $5, $8. And you're like, how many times can you go to a convenience store in one day? Like, what are we doing here? So let me ask you this, because you mentioned how old about- are we? You mentioned- oh, We sound really old right now. <laughs> Andy Hart is with uh, Gresh and Foria here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI. You mentioned about the whole going out to dinners and racking up on credit cards and corporate cards and things like that. What do you remember about the combine and the whole <laughs> process of getting information, gathering information, dining with people, the rumor mill, everybody is out there trying to get a scoop. What was it like for you, Hart, when you went to the combine? I, which I love is how next you started week? that because I do miss the dinners at uh, St. Elmo's on the craft uh, company tab. Those were very enjoyable. Fred Kirsch uh, paid. Yes. Uh, well, no, he didn't. He just signed off on it. That's what I mean. Yeah. LRC he... was Robert Kraft paying for that. Uh, That's it, right. The, the combine is nuts. It It's just a different world and it continues to grow. And, you know, whether it's those dinners where everybody at St. Elmo's is involved with the NFL, you got three prospects wearing their, you know, the combine shirt that says like tackle 27 wide receiver <laughs> four. And they're all just sitting there with some agent. They're eating, they're chowing down. But then the next table over is Sean Payton and Bill Polian and like everybody and then the reporters and everybody it's who's who for that time and then you get the real work is done in the bars and everything afterwards and I swear every source in the NFL that a reporter has stems from a drink a meal a bumping into somebody at the combine after hours dinner hours what it's as valuable for that as anything else is is any but is it I guess I mean can you trust it I mean is it all it's all fake. It feels like it's a lot of fake news. Uh, you know, guys, the agents trying to kind of lead the witness a little bit, draw some attention to their play. You know what I mean? It all yep. seems like it's all bull crap. Well, I don't know if it's all bull crap, but there's a lot of bull crap. There's a, and some of it isn't, I wouldn't even say necessarily bull crap, but it's low-level sourcing. There's a lot of scouts. There's a lot of assistant coaches, and they're talking. They're talking more than the higher-end guys, and... I don't necessarily fault a reporter because in this information industry, if you put something on Twitter or you blog something, you know, a, a cult source said this about the team's pursuit of a quarterback in the draft. It really is a cult source. But if it's the assistant quarterbacks coach, I don't know how much say he has when draft weekend comes and they're pursuing a quarterback. So I think some of it is even just lower level opinions right and there's a lot of opinions out there that don't necessarily make their way like think of the Patriots old draft room 
Now, it's expanded recently in this whole collaborative effort, effort, error. There's a lot of E's and R's in there that I struggled with, so we'll just keep right on moving. I like it. Um, but the, the old draft room was such a small room. It was Bill. It was Ernie. They would call a position coach in maybe if they were going to pick somebody. Those are the guys that position that 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 opinions matter. When you start moving down all the guys, the travel parties to the combine are huge. And so I think you get information that, yeah, a guy with a logo from a team said it. That doesn't mean he has all that much more say than you and I or, or more value than you and I. Uh, Hart, uh, Fourier and I were going through Matt Bowen's top 50 free agents, and yep. he had Jacoby Myers at 21, the number one free agent wide receiver on the board. We know that he is a known commodity. However, what you just brought up is interesting because Bill O'Brien is another voice in the room during this draft process, and he has spent at least the last two years, if not more, because I think he was an analyst before he ended up sliding into a different role at Alabama. He's been around the college kids, so what is more likely Bill O'Brien saying, hey, man, if it means you got to give Jacoby Myers $8.5 million, do it because he's a proven commodity, or does Bill O'Brien look at it and say, man, I've seen all these kids coming out. This dude we can get in the third round, and he can step in in the slot and play right away. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a mentality that I think has been prevalent in New England for a long time, and I'm not going to blame Bill O'Brien. I'm talking about Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. that whole – you know, we can draft. Remember the old PK Sam? I think he was a fifth round pick. You know, oh, if we hit on this, we have yeah. our red zone target for the next 10 years. And, yeah. Yeah. And if you win the lottery, you'll be rich. But if you don't win the lottery, you're still poor and you're just dreaming about the upside of things. So, you know, I, I think Jacoby Myers is interesting. And first of all, I want to point out that Fourier, I found it uh, quite notable, who your activity on Twitter is inconsistent. Is that fair? <laughs> is that Absolutely. fair? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, but you found Absolutely. time yesterday to <laughs> retweet a list of free agent wide receivers that had Jacoby Myers' picture on it and him as the number one target. I found that interesting as you try to uh, continue to promote Jacoby Myers as this elite number one playmaker. So, no, would you like to no, comment? No, listen. Well, you missed it. I don't know about you, hmm? but because hmm? my next question was, I'll save my question for you. But um, I don't think the Patriots are going to keep him. I think he leaves. I think he goes someplace else. I think he's going to end up getting paid probably more than he should have based on, I think, the other needs of other teams. So, yeah, I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. He has a unique set of skills skills that I think are more than desirable for a bunch of different teams. And in this this, this, uh, top 50 free agent list that we had, he was like the only wide receiver. He was the first wide receiver. Yep. Yeah, there's no good wide receivers. We're we're finding in this day and age. Yeah, so there you go. That's part of it. Right, you have to trade for him. But the what I wanted to balance your Jacoby Myers promotion out with is somehow I still follow you remember Clay Harbor, the tight end who was with yeah, the Patriots for He a was short on time? The Bachelor. Yes, he was on The Bachelor. For some reason, I still follow him on Twitter because I generally don't unfollow people. Once you're in my rotation, you're, you stay in my rotation. Yeah. But he's a he's a Bears guy. He's clearly a Bears fan now, yeah. post-playing career, and the Bears need receivers. And I have said I thought the Bears would be a good landing spot. They have more money than anybody. They need receivers. Justin Fields could use a go-to guy like Jacoby Myers. Absolutely. Clay Harbor, another former NFL tight end, like yourself, tweeted out his top 10 uh, most desirable targets for the Bears at receiver, wide receiver. Ten of them. You know who he didn't list? Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Myers. What does and he know? No, but that's my point is I think Jacoby Myers, we're close to it. We know who – I think there's probably a lot of places where people read these lists and like, 
Jacoby Myers, he's the best receiver. Jacoby Myers, would I want my team to spend money on him? So I think Jacoby Myers is more valuable maybe to the Patriots than others, is more desirable to Mac Jones Patriots than others. And Gresh, you just threw a number out there. Did you say $8.3 million per year? Uh, no, but that's a I when I had mentioned earlier about eight million bucks. I think if, I do if it it's, now. If it's eight or less, I think the Patriots are in. I would but it's probably going to be north of that. Yeah, I, I think you're going to be in the double digit somewhere. Now mm-hmm. the question is: Is it ten double digit or is it twelve double digit? Or, well, that's no. my point because I feel like the Patriots won't pay him, and he'll he'll he's going to be the he's going to be the one slot receiver possession guy that you have that actually that leaves and actually gets paid. But do those guys actually get paid? I feel like they never do. Well, the for, for their position, the... listen, so if they franchise him, the franchise number for a wide receiver is like $19 million. No, mm-hmm. he's not going to get that. But for me, like those are the type of guys where you really have to like overpay them, overpay for them. So you mentioned Chicago. You mentioned just young quarterbacks need a possession receiver. Either they need a really solid tight end, a strong running game where they, you know, and I don't think they do. Or they get a possession receiver that that plays in the slot, easy throws, obvious openings, easy to read, easy to easy to complete, and he's a veteran at that. No, I I think he'd be great for Fields. I think, but I think he's great for Mac. And I think we have all these dreams and aspirations at the wide receiver position. You really only have one thing that's real, and that's Jacoby Myers. And while I, you know, Christian, I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's anywhere close to some of the best slot guys they've had. I don't think he's a number one receiver. I don't even really think he's a playmaker. But I think he's the only solid thing they have in the passing game. And that's why I have said the number I've thrown out there to you guys, 3-39. and 39. If I could get him for three years at $13 million a year with, you know, whatever, half of that or the going rate guaranteed, I would do that because until we get to all these dreams of, the 14th pick in the draft. Oh, he Addison, he's going to change the offense or trading for T Higgins. What those are all dreams. You actually have a tangible reality right in front of you in your locker room who you will never regret having on your team. Do you ever think there's any chance he would give you reason to regret no. having him on the team? Never. No, but 13 wow, that that's got to be some sort of record for that position if you well, were to but prorate the, the, the other guys has- at that position. But the position has blown up, and I don't mean the slot position. I mean the wide receiver position, and a rising tide at receiver is lifting all those boats. The reality is you pay more now for receivers. You paid 10 and change for Aguilar to do almost less than nothing. He was as productive for the other team last year as he was for you, and you paid him over $10 million. Whereas we just agreed, I think all of us, that you're never going to regret Jacoby Myers. So are you really going to regret paying him a little bit more than maybe the actuarial tables or whatever the hell you have say he should be getting made. No, you need receivers you can trust. You need receivers that you can count on to make plays and be consistent. And is there anybody more consistent than him? So I think they should resign him personally. As part of whatever the plan is, trade for a receiver, draft a receiver, I think part of that plan should be keep the one guy you have to, to count on. Hard, I know we've only got about a minute here, but in doing more work and kind of reading up on the the kid Robinson from Texas, yep. who is a running back, but he also catches it, there are those who profile he could end up being a guy who could play a little bit in the slot, almost like a weapon. Mm. What do you make the thought of adding a weapon that maybe doesn't have a real true position to this offense? I don't think you need it because I think you have options in-house. We saw what 
Ramondre Stevenson can do. I think you don't want to totally lean on him maybe as much as you did last year, but I think you have Pierre Strong Jr., who my you to me you should put him on the Stevenson plan this offseason. You're running routes, you're catching passes, you're learning the, the passing game. We are trying to make a year two jump like you wouldn't believe for the fastest running back at the combine a year ago. And then the wild card in this, I am a one hundred percent advocate for Marcus Jones becoming a full time offensive player. I think because you look at his value with the ball in his hands. Teams are going to punt away from him. He's going to become less valuable as a returner, in my opinion, already an all-pro. Defensively, I think he's mediocre. I think he's a mediocre corner at best. With the ball in his hands, he is special. You put him on offense, you can control when he gets the ball in the hands, out of the backfield. You know those motions, those stop motions that all these other teams run? Run those with him. Put the defense in a bind. So Marcus Jones does that. So with all the other needs they have at outside receiver, at cornerback, at tackle, I would not invest any... uh, capital in in a versatile player like that because i think you already have him on the roster you know what's interesting is is that the patriots do have a couple of different roads they can go down here it's not Mm -hmm. just hey we have to do this paint by numbers a certain way which is uh what makes the discussion that much interesting you can read andy hart at weei.com i would encourage you to do so you also get him a couple nights a week on the rich keefe show as well tuesdays and thursdays correct Tuesdays and Thursdays, baby. There we go. Also, want to uh, get that in there as well so you can get plenty of heart online or with us or with Keith or with everybody else. Just whenever everywhere. everybody takes vacation. Don't forget Sundays. Fitzy and hot. Sundays 11 to oh, 2. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, now that I cleaned up my Sundays, I stopped paying attention on Sundays. So. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. sorry, buddy. Team player Gresh. I know. I know. There goes uh, Andy Hart of WEI.com. And your hair looks wonderful, by the way.